Isaiah, I want to say to you, you've made us so proud. You've made our, your family proud, your mom, Tracy, your dad, your whole family, the whole city, me, your mayor, you've made us all so proud. And you are an inspiration to, to this crowd, to the world, to your city. And so I wanted to present you with a key to the city of Chattanooga. And, and declare today Isaiah Rashad Day in Chattanooga. Hey, yo, make some noise for my mayor one time. I got a fucking day, y'all. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, well, welcome in, everybody, to the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. It is kind of a, one of those situations here. It's midweek. But I, it's, I need a vacation from my vacation kind of thing. I'm still trying to <clears throat> get it all together after a long weekend at Bonnaroo. I'll tell you all about it here shortly. This is the 23rd of June. My hashtag other month is almost over. So yeah, that w- there will be one more June show. The final show of the month will be on the final day of the month. On the 30th, if all goes as planned. If you happen to be new to the show, I appreciate you finding it. Stone on Air is what it's called. My name is Brian. It is just a commentary on the passing parade of life. Storytelling and pretty much... Uh, focusing on the southeast region of uh, Tennessee and North Georgia and little national stuff if it's worth discussing, but these days, not all that much, unless it's fun. Stone on Air, all one word. That's how you find it if you're searching everything or anything out, I should say, online, and that is every social media out there is at Stone on Air, and there you go. So let's see, where to start? I guess let's just start with, um, I'll lay out the show immediately, and then I just got a few things I want to get to on the front end. And um, so in the uh, in the final, I'll have three things for you of, of audio at the end of this segment, just calling it Bonnaroo Thing 1, Bonnaroo Thing 2, and Bonnaroo Thing 3. And we'll do that here in about eh, 14, 13, 14 minutes from right now. And then in the second segment of the show, I'm going to give you a Bonnaroo review. Now, it's not really going to be all that much of an actual review of the festival. I've got an anecdotal, uh, really, it is a story for the most part of my front end. And it's kind of a tale of two tales, like the beginning and the end were two totally different worlds at Bonnaroo for me. And I'll, uh, I'll explain why. And I was very angry at first, still a little disappointed overall, but uh, I got over that pretty quickly. And then just basically my review of the Tool show on Saturday night. Now, I wasn't planning on spending a lot of time on any of the acts, maybe not even any of them at all. But after I spent some time just a few hours ago, as I got stuck at work late, it's 1030 now on a Wednesday, and so I'm... It, this has been a long, drawn-out day, but I had a lot of time. I started kicking some things around, and that 
it's going to sound like I'm mad, but I'm not at all. But I want to just kind of stretch out a little bit on the Tool show itself on the back end of the overall second segment that is just all Bonnaroo talk. So if Roo talk ain't your thing, you're not going to want to be around for the middle of the show at all. And then uh, on the uh, tail end, I, I think a lot of people might find a lot of this interesting. I certainly did. The city budget was passed uh, by the city council in the last few days, um, unanimous, uh, and... Um, I decided to take a look at it, and I've never done that before. I've never looked at a city or county government of spending here locally or nationally, for that matter. And I just found some numbers I thought were interesting and not bad or good, just uh, worth taking a look at, seeing where this money's going. It's around $350 million. So I'll do that on uh, the back end of the the show, the, the final segment of today's podcast. So real quick. Dead serious, serious talk. If you know me, reach out to me, shoot me a text, send me a tweet, wherever, direct message. If you had an AC unit, a a window unit, AC unit that was not working, was not shooting out cool, cool air, what would you do to get, how would you get it serviced? Where do you take something like that? Because we're in the world of basically you replace appliances like that. Well, the thing is, I've just bought this thing. It's a GE. I just bought it right at two years ago, and it's worked just fine. And just as soon as it turns into 95-degree weather in the last about a week before Bonnaroo, the damn thing went out. So it's only there a portion of the house, so I'm getting by, but I need that place to be air-conditioned sooner than later. If you hear any background noise, I've got too many cats running around in this side of the house because it's too hot over there to put the other ones. Um, so a little advice on that, if you would. I think I'm going to put a Facebook post out there. This might sound like a really stupid question, but I don't know. Until you got to do things in life, you know, you don't know what to do. And this is one of those things I've never had to deal with. I had a window unit up there ten years. You know, for ten years, it went out. It started leaking all over the place, and it was just like, screw it. I'm just going to replace it. Well, I don't want to replace something I just bought two years ago. Surely, it can be fixed. Uh, two main, not stories, but just pieces here from the Times Free Press that I have, uh, that I thought were worth looking at, especially as an East Ridge guy, the food city has now opened. And I know a lot of people, uh, the over nearby, um, Germantown road near my house, a lot of people are going to be rolling their eyes, how stupid a food city is and how dumb East Ridge, well, you know, I get it if you're just talking about from a hip factor, but boy, is it nice looking. Gas station, Starbucks, Tennessee Valley Credit Union. Uh, I was stopped in there today just to take a look at it, and um, it is it is really starting to turn in East Ridge, and it's slowly kind of creeping towards the, this side from Exit 1. Both of the new liquor stores are almost done. Uh, the one closest, it's over at Spring Hill Road or Spring whatever that is road, it is almost done. It's already got the signs up, and the parking lot is just needing to be striped. The one closer to my house is taking painfully long. Um, but just a couple of highlights from this. It's for the uh, Food City, which uh, went up super fast. It says, with added services, officials expect the new store will draw shoppers from well beyond the city of East Ridge, including the Brainerd area, Missionary Ridge, and parts of North Georgia. Well, they might be right about the Brainerd area, maybe, Missionary Ridge, I'd say definitely, but I wouldn't say North Georgia. They're, I already go to North Georgia 
for my uh, big shopping, like grocery shopping outings. If I'm going to go spend 100 and 150 bucks, I go to the food city. There's two of them just over the other side of the line, not far at all from my house. And then there's one just on all the way down on Ringgold Road near exit one, just down on the other side over there. And there, two of those are brand new and really nice. So I don't think anybody from North Georgia is going to be driving to East Ridge to pay more taxes for groceries. I highly doubt that's going to happen. But it is a really nice store, 54,000 square feet, $12 million. Took about six months, and they opened officially today. And then named in the last day or two the new stadium director at Finley Stadium, which is always important and interesting to me, what's ever going on on that property on, on at Finley and the pavilion. The uh, Stadium Corp. announced Brian Wright as Finley Stadium's new executive director. This also from the Times Free Press. David Paschal had it. Finley Stadium has turned its first seven-figure quarter, just over a million dollars, June to May to June earnings, with several June events still remaining. About you know half a million of that, basically half of all of it, came from the Kane Brown concert on May 7th. The success of, of Finley Stadium's fourth quarter comes at the heels of a second quarter that contained UTC football games, CFC, and the uh, Blue Cross Bowl. And the mocks help. CFC is nice, but really the bulk of that money came from having the Blue Cross Bowl. There has been a, a lot of success there uh, recently, and uh, Chris Thomas, a good friend of mine. Uh, this guy, uh, Brian uh, Wright, Worked under Paul Smith and Meryl Eckstein for uh, for many years, and he is recently and he's a, he's a local guy, uh, arts and sciences in UTC, and he's most recently been the operations project manager at Mercedes Benz Stadium where the Falcons play that absolute spaceship palace, and so that's that's a pretty cool gig to leave to come take over this aging. You know, twenty. What is that? Twenty-five-year-old stadium here at uh, in Finley Stadium, but it's still a gorgeous building, and it works for so much. And if we could, we could just get some money in to some upkeep, he's got um, a a lot of potential. As he obviously has a lot of experience, and it's good to have a local guy back in town, and not just some random dude who, you know, who has no ties to the city. So I like that. At the very end of this piece, it says, uh, maybe not again, talking with Chris, uh, Chris Thomas, was asked during the uh, stadium court meeting if he, if he would be willing to host another sizable concert should the opportunity arise. And I talked a little bit about this, I'm pretty sure, on the podcast, I know with certain people here and there. It says, quote, I am not sure the facility should take on such a large financial risk. He replied, we experienced multiple failures, but we got through them. When you have an aging facility and 17,000 people show up, you're going to have things happen. He's talking about uh, water pressure issues, supply issues. And I talked about that, if not here again, uh, somewhere, certainly on the um, uh, the morning podcast we did, that I, I can't imagine this is going to go well because he has a great staff and they do great work, but they do very small events. CFC puts tops 5,000. I mean, the CFC buzz is long gone. I'd love to see if they can get it back. The Red Wolves have stolen a lot of their thunder. I'll, I'm going to do a whole podcast on that sometime soon enough, so I'll put a you know pin in that for now. Uh, Mox, they don't, draw, they don't draw flies. I mean, that, that program is never going to fill or even half fill that stadium. It's just not going to happen. Um, high school football games aren't going to fill the stadium unless it happened to end up being Macaulay versus 
you know, some uh, uh, high flutant uh, middle Tennessee team or something. And maybe that would come closer to filling it up or if two local teams made it, which wouldn't be likely. Uh, so these are small events that do bring nice revenue in, make it worth the time to turn the lights on, right? I mean, it, it's worth our while, but you don't have to have everything staffed. And, even, and then when you do have to bring in for something like a seventeen to 20,000 seat concert with a completely different footprint and a completely different uh functionality on a you know on a from from just a a logistical standpoint it's not going to go very well and miraculously i think miraculously is probably maybe a little strong of a word but close to accurate it really turned out and worked out pretty darn well but i did wonder deep down was this worth it it was there reason to put this much effort into something this extravagant and it was really that much money made. I think in this case, the answer is yes, there was a pretty good amount of money made, but was it worth the, uh, the liability and the extra manpower? I don't know. Those will be questions that someday I'd love to meet this guy and have a conversation with him at some point. My guess is he's somewhere in the neighborhood of my age, maybe a little bit younger. So Brian Wright is the new executive director of Finley Stadium. And I think that pretty much covers... Oh, and the gas tax. I saw this the other day. I don't watch many headlines anymore. I'm basically checking out from the American uh, political entertainment complex. I don't barely look at headlines. I don't watch any of these news shows. I don't follow much, but I do try to just keep just an eye on the just on a few things. And I saw that uh, the administration, the president, whoever, are de- de- debating whether they should suspend the gas tax for about three months. Yes, do it. Georgia already has done it. I go to Georgia to get gas every time. It's 20, 30, 40, sometimes upwards of 50 cents cheaper in Georgia, depending on where you go. Yes, suspend the gas tax and do it now. All right, that is all for that. So let's do this as I shift and transition to my my look back at Bonnaroo to start here officially. This is some guy, I just went to TikTok and put hashtag Bonnaroo and just started scrolling until I found three pieces to play. It's really no more thought to it than that. Uh, this was a few days before the festival. He was standing outside one of the just fences where you could see behind him. There, It was the field. It was the farm. There was nobody there yet. I don't know if this was just some kind of, hey, let's go make a TikTok and be, uh, I don't want to say funny because it's it was a serious street preacher kind of guy. Which these guys just like they go to Riverbend and Bonnaroo and 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 uh, Nightfall, they go to Bonnaroo also. This is today's we're calling it Bonnaroo thing number one. Now is the day of salvation that the kingdom of God is at Bahem. That today that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah! Hey, if you need prayer, I want you to raise your hand. How can these be? How how can these people be real? I mean, I get it. You know, I love God and religious, you know, world, and and it's you know brings solace and it's a great thing for people and all that. But what the hell is going on? And how do these street preachers just keep going and going and going? Do they just? Is it on a loop? I don't know. I don't ever hang around to listen long enough to find out. Is that, are they just saying basically the same thing over and over again? How can they're the Energizer bunnies? 
they just they don't ever take a breath. It's insane to me. This is real quick. Um, just some guy who's doing a quick. Uh, here's what I would my favorite acts that are going to be at Bonnaroo, and two of them I was uh, close to and um, never heard of before this past weekend. This is Bonnaroo thing number two. Everybody always talks about the headliners, but here are the artists I'm actually excited to see this year at Bonnaroo. First up, Ty Veritas, who blew up on TikTok. His music just makes you feel good. Then we got the Backseat Lovers. Kill Me Girl is one of my all-time favorite songs, so I'm super excited to see it live. I overheard that she was 19. She's got a fake ID and the nose ring. Finally, we got Benny, whose music you definitely know. I know Hope to see you all at Bonnaroo this coming June. All right, now, so I don't know who Benny is. I did not catch that one. It's that little clip sounded pretty good. Uh, Ty Verdez, I saw he opened up the what stage, uh, the main stage on Friday, and I was feeling good, and the weather was good, and I went and uh, to just see what it was and snapped it, and a friend of mine texted back, said, hey, one of the number one hits of, off, uh, you know, in hip-hop last year, and... TikTok, something or other. So that's interesting. And then the uh, backstreet, backseat. Damn it, we kept doing that <laughs> the whole time. Kept saying backstreet, backseat lovers uh, was a recommendation of a young person that we know from uh, our group, and we uh, we meaning guys from the uh, the what podcast went and other friends went to see the show, and I enjoyed it. I, I really did. The uh, the little I heard. Sounded good, and it sounds like it's very catchy, and the, there's a good chance that these are going to be a name that everybody knows soon enough. And then Barry and Taco from the What Podcast interviewed him, and I helped him uh, arrange doing that, and that was very, very fun. I always love doing that kind of stuff. So that was really neat. So that's Bonnaroo Thing 2, and here's Bonnaroo Thing 3. I really did start having some FOMO. I left early. I wish I didn't. More after you hear from Stevie as this was uh, her talking leading in to Landslide on Sunday night. This little song has just existed, and it has existed in my life for every single time I've walked on stage to do any show with anybody since 1975. So tonight, instead of dedicating it to different friends and people that I love, I would just like to dedicate it to you because I love you for being here and for... Just for coming to see me play and sing, it means the world. So for you tonight, this is Landslide. My guess is she says that just about everywhere she goes these days, but it still sounded pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I was really, I was struggling on Sunday because I felt so good after feeling so bad at the beginning. And it's like, why are you leaving when you feel good? But I had pretty much already made up my mind. And again, I'll stretch out on this uh, in the next segment. So always fun to scroll TikTok, but sometimes it's hard to find anything that uh, translates with just uh, audio. But I thought those three things were at least a little bit fun and worth doing. All right. So how did the weekend go? How did it start? How did it get to the middle? How did it end? And what the hell was Tool doing on Saturday night? I'll explain all of it next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. 
Well, get ready for good vibes and high fives. Bonnaroo is back for the first time in three years. The festival is expecting a much smaller crowd than years past, but people are already setting up camp for the weekend. News Channel 5's Kelsey Gibbs caught up with a few of them who say they're happy to be back on the farm. COVID canceled the festival in 2020, and Hurricane Ida flooded the grounds, canceling the show in 2021. This year, the heat is on. Bonnaroo has hydration tents and showers throughout the farm to keep people safe, but a few people are not taking the heat too well. I feel hot, very, very hot. I'm not dealing with it well at all, actually, um, but I do have this hydration pack and then the water, so trying to stay hydrated. Bonnaroo is just getting started. As temperatures continue to bake Middle Tennessee, first responders are asking everyone to drink water, stay alert to how you feel, and try to stay in the shade. French says she and her friends are playing it safe, but realized this heat may take a toll on her next week. Probably on my deathbed, I'm going to assume, very close to it at least. <laughs> but it was worth it, right? Oh, absolutely worth it. It's 110, 110 in the shade. Fantastic song from Fo uh, Fogarty's 1998 record. I don't remember what it's called. 110 in the shade is the name of the song. And boy, that was almost damn accurate. At the beginning, anyway. That all changed about halfway through. I'll get to that shortly. First of all, on the front end of the show, if you're not aware by now, and you if you if you're listening to this segment, then you you probably are already aware. But Tim Kelly showed up in the uh, city mayor Kelly showed up in Middle Tennessee on Saturday to give uh, Isaiah Rashad a, 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 a key to the city and a declaration of, uh, of of his own day and. I don't know why or where this was missed, but none of us knew he was there. And I'm just a little shocked that Tim didn't really make sure that we all knew because he he knows I'm going to be there. I mean, he at least would assume that. He knows that Barry is going to be there, at least somebody from the Times Free Press, but it's always Barry. And um, we were all caught off guard by this. And he was. I was walking around. That's why anytime someone says, Hey, what are you going to, you know, who are you going to see? Who's on the lineup? Uh, what's good this year? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't care. It, it doesn't matter because there's no reason to make plans because you're going to change, especially the way that I operate there. I, they're going to change all the time. One year I was had plans to go do something. I don't remember what it was. And then I found out that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was going to be doing a presser in the media area. Well, boom, whatever I was going to do, done. I got to go at least have a chance to stand beside Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Weird things happen at Bonnaroo. So I'm walking around. I don't know where I'm going or why I'm doing it. I probably had a plan at that time. And boom, there I see Tim. And I and this was in the you know backstage area. And I said, Tim, what are you doing here? Uh, other than, you know, I know he's gone to Bonnaroo before. I've hung out with him there before many years ago. And uh, But he wasn't dressed in festival gear. He, he was dressed in, in something that would be more casual, but not for a long week. I mean, he had pants on, for crying out loud. And I got a picture with him real quick, and I said, uh, and he said, I'm about to give uh, Isaiah Rashad a, a key to the city. And I was like, okay. First of all, who the hell is that? That's what I'm saying to myself. And I'm like, uh, 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 okay, wh when, where, what? What are you talking about? It's like, I don't know, like 25 minutes right over here. You know, on the on the witch. I'm like, oh God, okay, all right. Um, be right back. So I haul over to the media area, try to just see is there anybody around I know. Boom, there's Lord Taco. Hey, from the what podcast, dude? Um, who I just ran into Tim, Tim Kelly, and this is happening. 
He's going to do a, uh, I called him a mod Rashad because <laughs> it's the old basketball reporter guy. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, some guy is from Chattanooga playing on the stage here shortly, and he's about to get a key to the city on the stage, and we have got to get something about on this. And um, he's like, oh, Isaiah Rashad. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that guy. I said, where's Barry? Well, probably at camp. Let's go back to camp. We find Barry. Barry didn't know, unless I misunderstood. I don't think Barry knew either because he's quickly grabbing his phone and uh, getting a hold of the 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 other photog from the Times Free Press, get over there and you know, and, and we all got where we needed. We all saw it. I got a good shot of it, a video, and ended up watching the entire rap show. I can't say I enjoyed that, or I I, I tolerated it, enjoyed it to a certain degree. Uh, I can't say I loved it, but I got a great little shot. Ran over to the media center. I don't do a lot of phone editing with video on my phone, so it took me a few minutes to get it tight and you wanted to be nice and short. I got out there on Twitter, and it. But at some point, I realized, man, this thing's got like hundreds of views, thousands of views, hundreds of uh, likes. Uh, I got up to 40, 50, 60 retweets. For me, just some dummy in Chattanooga, that's like viral. That's like huge. If, if I get a few likes on Twitter, that's like a, a big day. I mean, it's just not a place to get a lot of interaction when you're nobody like me. Well, it turns out hiphopdx.com got millions of Facebook uh, uh, followers, fans, likes, uh, near a million on uh, Instagram, near a million on Twitter. They grabbed it and put it onto their story. And so that got all this traction, and I was really proud of that. I thought that was really cool, maybe a little dorky, and maybe some people don't understand why that would be so neat. But I, I really had a, I got a big kick out of it, and it really, really made my weekend. It made my week once it was all said and done. But I'm jumping way ahead of myself here. I'm just giving you an idea of one kind of fun thing that happened. So I'm on my way up on, uh, on Wednesday, and it was 95 degrees, and it was suffocating 95 degrees. And people started arriving this year on Tuesday. I got there Wednesday evening. Favorite time of the year, one of them is to go up there early and walk the the property, but if we can get in in time, and, and this time we were able to, and I was able to get in there and had, had to set up my tent in, in the dark, and I'm just sweating. It's like 80 degrees at night. I mean, it, it was just, it was awful. But um, I'm just, again, jumping ahead of myself. So I come in, I pull in, I've got everything packed in tight. I've got everything. I know this. I've been doing this for 20 years. I know what you do and what you don't do. And so I pull in and they're checking the car. That's fine. I notice they're checking pretty thoroughly. And that's still fine. It's I mean it's, it's the first shift of for many of these people so they're fresh, they're wanting to do a good job. They've got the canine unit out there. The damn canine dog was about halfway in the back seat of the car. Again, I don't care. I'm just telling you what was happening here. So there was a touch of irritation, but I just walked off. I didn't say a word, didn't have a bad attitude, and I just, you know, waiting for them to do their thing because I'm, I'm almost here, so I'm fine. Whatever you got to do. And then I hear this shaking, like a maraca. And I look over, and they're in my glove box, and you know the old man, old woman, geriatric, you know, Monday, Sunday through Saturday, don't forget to take your pills thing. Yeah, well, I had that in my glove box. And I even made a trip back to the house because I left without it as I was running around town. And in that box are things I have to have. I'm to that age now, all right? Blood pressure medication, melatonin, um, uh, Klonopin, Benadryl, and vitamin D, which the only thing I didn't need in that for a weekend was vitamin D. I had plenty of that up in the sky. But I have to have all those things every day. And so I really, I was like, listen, 
What are you doing? Seriously? What do you that look at that? One of them is a chewable. The melatonin is a chewable. One is this is that's clearly an over-the-counter medication. It looks like a Tylenol. And every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every single day has the exact same quantity in them. It's not like one has more one day and one has less. This is a very measured, calculated thing. This is not drugs. But of course, this person who wanted to make sure the rules were followed. As they're talking to a middle-aged guy who's got everything buttoned up everywhere else. Everything is perfectly placed and easy. I was so irritated. So irritated. And I they tossed them. They tossed, threw it away. And so I'm furious. I don't take it out on anybody. I get in the car and I just I drive off and I and I find the place and I park and then I'm just I'm 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 furious. And so I start to get things together and drop things off where they need to be. And it's just, it's flustered me and I'm just not, I'm not feeling well because I'm, I'm stressing over it, but I just, I kick it out of my mind for a minute. And then I, um, I set up the tent and I get things where they need to be just enough for the, for the night. Cause we don't have everybody there yet. So I don't even know where we're going to set everything up. I just have to make sure that I have something where I can sleep eventually. So I got that part done. Then we ran around and I took pictures and then I, I felt, I, I calmed down. I felt good. I was having fun. Went to the media area, got in front of a big ass fan, posted a bunch of stuff. But by this time it's like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. And I start to stress more and more that I, you know, these are all chain reaction domino kind of things. If I don't take my blood pressure medication, I'm going to get anxiety because I'm not taking the medication. That's going to raise my blood pressure, which is going to make my anxiety worse. And then if I can't get to sleep, because I can't sleep without melatonin in my own damn bed. And if I don't have a Benadryl, if I'm going to I'm going to have sinus issues on this farm I do every year. If I don't have all these things, I am not going this is not going to work for me. Like this is not good. And that was one of the things I told the lady. I was like, "Listen, you this is a health hazard. What you're doing right now is not protecting anybody. It's putting me in danger." These extreme heat temperatures and anxiety and 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 blood pressure and you, you can't, you can do this clearly because you're doing it, but you shouldn't discretion. Discretion is a okay thing. We've gotten away in America in all kinds of walks of life where we do not let people use their own discretion at times. And I know that that can be a slippery slope, but come on, use your damn head. Don't take a middle-aged man's medicine. What kid is smuggling in some kind of dangerous drug in a, in a, in a grandma, grandpa pill divider? You got to, you can't do that. Or you shouldn't do that. So I, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get a wink of sleep. And um, I got, I got plenty to eat snack on, but I never had any dinner. Um, I, the more stress and anxiety I get, the more I lose appetite. So I started making drinks to just overcompensate for the, it was the only drug I had. And next thing I know, the last time I remember seeing a clock, it was somewhere between four and five at four 30 at least. And eventually I passed out from just drinking just enough. And I, the sun came up and at six 15 in the morning, I'm on fire in my tent. And I'm just like, I'm startled. Like what the hell, where am I? Oh my God. And I get up out of the tent and I look around and I just, I start to have like this chest anxiety pressure feel like, what am I, what am I going to do? I don't have, you know, I, 
I, we don't even have a a, a a tent set up, like like a, a campsite set up, and we don't even have any shade. I I don't have any medication. It's six fifteen in the morning. What am, where am I supposed to go for the day? And I just said, and I grabbed my phone. I grabbed my wallet and my uh, one other thing, car key. I didn't even put my jeans or or shorts or anything on. I just I I took off with my sleep pants still on. Got my car. Nathan Gale was there. He's like, I was like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going home. What? I have to. I'm going home. He's like, oh, you do you, man. I walked straight to my car, hit it, boom, gone. I was home in an hour. And uh, to make a, what is, obviously it's a little too late to make a long story short. I got home. I ate a little. I uh, I went straight to bed. I slept until the middle of the day. I woke up and I just, I, I don't know, I had these weird dreams and I was just having terrible anxiety that just was led from all this. It's like, oh my God, it's, it, I can't go back. It's going to be 95 degrees. I'm starting to stress over all this stuff. I mean, every now and again, this kind of anxiety, a mini attack will get me. And that's what happened. And I really felt bad. It wasn't just, oh, they were like, oh, but he drank too much last night. No, 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 no. That's not what this was. And so I woke up around four, went back to sleep at seven. Now this is Thursday, laid down at seven. I didn't get back out of bed until nine o'clock the next day. And I took, because I had my sinus issues, just like I thought I took some Benadryl in the middle of the night. Then later on, I took some melatonin when I woke up five hours after that, because it's now it's four o'clock, you know, see where this, this roller coaster is going. Finally got up, uh, got a shower, got feeling still not all back together, but feeling a little bit better. Now I haven't eaten in 24 hours. So this was just a weird time. And it really was all kind of kicked the t- the dice or the uh, the dominoes tipped over by this woman taking these my damn medication. I get it all together. I get back up there, and I'm also thinking I, I'm not, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Why am I putting myself through this? It's about to be this this kind of heat, and a lot of other anecdotal stuff I won't bore you with. That's just still a struggle with everything going on with the organizers of the festivals. Like this is. Maybe this is it. Maybe my time here at this festival is done. And as soon as I get back up into Manchester, a big storm comes through. Doesn't hit the farm that bad, but a little bit it does. And it comes through quickly, no problem. They shut everything down for an hour, open it back up. 15 degrees cooler. It's 75 degrees. I get in there. I bring in a bunch of ice. I'm starting to feel good. I have something to eat. I have a drink. I go start watching music. And the next thing you know, I'm transformed back to what a magically wonderful place this is. And it was just fantastic the rest of the weekend. Um, did some work on Saturday, did the thing with Tim, did the thing with the backseat back seat lovers. Uh, we uh, had, had, had a sit down with an uh, international band called Churches. That was a thrill. I didn't realize how cool that was going to end up being. I mean, they are not, they're, they're, they're you know, sell out 10, 15,000 seat uh, rooms. And, um, boy, it just, I just got zapped back to that, man, how wonderful is this? I love this. I love this. I love this. So I'm really happy how, how that went. So that's, that's it. Bonnaroo was fun. I left on Sunday because I just, I I put it in my mind that Sunday I was not staying the night. And if I stayed the day, it was so nice. I was going to drink and then I would have to stay and I didn't want to drink. I have to go back to work the next day. I had total FOMO, no doubt. But I went ahead and went home and um, still considered it a huge, huge success. So thanks to everybody who helped make it good because it always takes a lot of people to make it good. You, you can't do it by yourself. So here, let's go to the tool show. 
We're on drugs. Best show of the weekend. Not not even a, not even a close second. No, don't don't even worry about the rest of them. Let's just talk about the tool set. And bear with me here a little bit. I'm gonna go long in the segment and I'll shorten up the final one. I'm still gonna aim for being right at an hour. So this was one of those gotta get it done because it won't. If I don't do it here, it won't happen anywhere. And I was a huge huge tool guy from 1996 until probably about 2005 or so, 2002 or three maybe. And I've never seen them, so I figured this is gonna be the time. And I want to read this to you real quick. This is a uh, a review of the show from the uh, the Nashville scene. It's written like a typical d bag writer for a you know local rag, but uh, it's just just a portion of it. Why do you come to a Tool concert? It's probably not for the visualizer like animations of foreboding aliens gestating and Frankenstein's monster coming to life, though they're part of the experience for sure. It's not for an immersive theatrical presentation with costumes and dancers or to see the band reimagine beloved songs. Those were difficult enough to come by, uh, come up with in the first place. Like other artists in the Venn diagram where prog and metal overlap, Tool uses a studio as an instrument. And with help from talented engineers, they carry that experience to the stage. Their headlining set on Saturday boasted one of the richest, highest fidelity mixes you could ask for. If we're being a little snide but completely honest, you could replicate many aspects of the show with a fancy home theater system. Goes on to talk about, but if you weren't there, you didn't get to see Maynard like this and Drummer doing this and then da 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 da, which you couldn't see any of that anyway unless you were right up close because this a massive visuals that you got from this enormous, amazing what stage was just all that claymation, weird, dead body looking stuff that they always do just in different color formations. You never could see the band. They never put one shot of the band live on these, on these massive size screens that you could see from a mile away. Maynard's over there hidden in the corner. I could barely see a guy with a mohawk over there. So you couldn't see any of that stuff either. So what I wanted, what I want to read you that is it's very right. Very correct. It was as how did they uh, the, 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 how did put it? Saturday's boasted one of the richest, highest fidelity mixes you could ask for. It sounded amazing. It sounded like I was playing it at my house because I couldn't see the damn band. That's for sure. But I I did enjoy it. I really did enjoy the show. I'm glad I saw it. I had fun while I was there. If you put a camera on me and watch me, you'd be like, hey, Brian looks like he's having fun. Now, part of that is I ran into a friend of mine at the end of the Billy String show, and she smoked a joint with me. So <laughs> got my head a little uh, in a place that can enjoy a lot of loud noise a lot better than if I was just my irritable normal self. But they played an hour and a half set. I saw every minute of it. I was there early, stayed until, you know, late, stayed late. They played an hour and a half set, nine songs. Nine songs. Now, this is a this is a, a, a band that has many radio hits. Well, three or four radio songs. They've won many awards. They are borderline Hall of Fame caliber band. They probably won't make it because they're so damn weird. But they are borderline, they're generational. All right. They played nine songs. What they they did not treat this like a festival show, and I am pissed off about it. At the time, I was just a little disappointed. But the more I think about it, this was not a field full of Tool fans. This was a field full of music fans. That's I believe they have a responsibility to 
to be a headliner to appeal to a massive audience. Now, they sure, sure as hell don't have to, clearly. But I just think there's some kind of, like, you know, handshake rule that that's what you have an obligation to do a little of, all right? So they played uh, three new songs, opened with a new one, middle of the show with a new one, and ended with a 12-minute brand-new song. I mean, hold on a second. Let's just dissect this for a second. What kind of asshole anybody act... But especially what kind of asshole legacy act ends their 90-minute set, closes it with a 12-minute brand new song? Who does that? What a troll move. Ugh, jeez. Oh, and then all the other songs they played that were, that were somewhat known, I knew uh, one, two, three, four. I knew four songs. Three of the four were their classic 8 to 10, 11, 12-minute songs on the record. You know, if they, when they play it live, they're going to play it even longer. This is not a jam band. This is, you know, they play long-winded songs, but it's not a jam band. But at the end of the day, because they picked so many songs that sound exactly the same, it literally sounded like one long 90-minute song, and that's annoying. Opiate, be one of the oldest, most well-known songs, was the lone exception. I lost it when they played that, and so did almost everybody. That was at the very beginning of the show. But the second song, as a matter of fact, after they opened with a new song. One of the new songs I thought I knew just because it sounds like every other one. This was for hardcore Tool fans. That's what this show is for, and I think that sucks for those of us who are big-time fans. I know the first three records front to back. That means, and this, and then the the uh, the fourth record, I know about you know at least a third of it. So if you just do the math, I know upwards of thirty plus Tool songs, and they only played really three that I really knew at all. They didn't play sober, sober for crying out loud. Their biggest song, arguably the the one that put them on a map, probably won some MTV awards. I don't even like that song. How about Prison Sex, which was a huge hit back in the late 90s how about stink fist how about uh, uh eulogy how about h period how about uh anima the, the 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 title track from the amazing record from 2001 whatever year it was oh how about the song everybody who's ever heard tool likes that might not have been that big of a hit 46 and 2 none of it not one not one little just little uh, uh crumb little carrot not one just little jewel other than opiate doesn't even hardly count. That was it early on. They, 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 that crowd deserved something after sitting through the it's just the same thing. Oh, and I just started getting this way when I looked at it today uh, and realized, man, that was, I just, I thought it was a disappointment. Now I walk away saying, screw you, Maynard. Screw you, because I think that was a big F you to people like me. F you to people who were going to see Flume next, which was one of the biggest acts of the of the night, the late night show. I wouldn't know Flume, Flume if he or she walked in here and punched me in the face and told me they were Flume. But, I mean, I, I have a feeling he looked at, the, the, I'm complete conjecture in making this up, but it looked at that lineup or something just said, you know what, y'all can go F yourself. I'm going to play whatever the hell I feel like tonight. Ugh, tool. Or a bunch of tools. I hate to be a jerk about it, because I was, I, I enjoyed it. 
but I was stoned and I had some cigarettes and I had a full Yeti full of gin and tonic and I had a couple of friends with me and it was a it was a nice time and it was at my festival on a Saturday night. But you know what? In retrospect, take a hike, Maynard. I've had enough of you. I am so happy I went to that show too because it's a never before and never again situation. There's not a chance I'd go see Tool play. I wouldn't go watch him play if they were in my backyard this weekend. So there you go. That's Bonnaroo. War on Drugs was fantastic. Churches was fun. Who else? I don't even remember. But uh, I, that's not my last Bonnaroo. This run is not over. I will continue doing this until my health allow will not allow me to do it anymore. I, uh, I had a fabulous, fabulous weekend. And that is all I got there. Let's take a look at the city budget for the fiscal year starting in, uh, I guess, at the end of the month through next year. We'll do that. Coming up next. got a great relationship with council and again to pass a, a budget two years in a row um, unanimously is no small feat I, I don't know I don't have any peer mayors that I talk to that, uh, that that enjoy that but we have a great relationship with council and we have a great council um, we're on the same page and uh, you know they they believe in the in the in the one Chattanooga plan that we've put forth to solve our most difficult problems and we're hard at work together to solve them we did mention that we would address the some of the city employees who are unhappy that they were not included in the raise that was proposed in that budget. Yeah, well, the city is a, a behemoth. I think people, a lot of folks forget it's the ninth largest employer in the region. There's 2,600 employees there. Uh, and there are, again, we had this issue with Head Start employees because they're actually uh, federal employees and we sort of had to do some workarounds and uh, this latest round is, is no different than that. But uh, again, we have new leadership in the HR department and we're working to, uh, to, to address all those issues. And if I had a million dollars, I absolutely love this song. Love, 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 love this song. If I had a million dollars from Bare Naked Ladies. Of course, that's Tim Kelly talking with Cindy Sexton on Local 3 News. So $350 million is what it costs to run this city. At least that's what the mayor and the city council have approved. And uh, just from Chattanooga today, or Nuga today, is where I uh, first started taking a look at some of this. And then I found the actual site, you know, whatever the website is that, that has the, the full budget there for anybody to, uh, to look at. It, it's pretty easy to read. It's very difficult to print off. So I had to handwrite a lot of this stuff, so I hope I can read half my handwriting. But um, just a couple of things here from uh, Nuga today to... To just, I'm just going to run through a bunch of numbers here. It might be a little boring, but um, 10 million for additional road paving, 33 million for uh, affordable housing. Uh, I don't, still don't really hardly know what that means. Two million towards homelessness prevention and rehousing efforts, which two million dollars. I'll go very far with that, and a three percent raise in the city's minimum wage and uh, raises for many in the uh, in the city but apparently not for some according to the way that that rejoin went i i don't know that that's just something they were talking about on on that i i, I didn't see that anywhere and i didn't have time to take a look at uh, who is or isn't getting the raise exactly uh, broken down in percentages public safety's getting about 41 and a half percent 
violence intervention programs. There's going to be a new executive director of community safety and gun violence prevention. Uh, plenty other uh, that goes underneath that uh, umbrella crisis response unit. Uh, 36% of it is just general government. That's IT, salaries, water, uh, quality management, uh, intergovernmental re- relations, audits, that kind of thing. Uh, about 11% is public works, garbage pickup, disposal, uh, building maintenance, brush, all that. Education and community development is only uh, about a little over 4%. I guess really Hamilton County covers much of the uh, the money for uh, education because of how much bigger of an area that it covers. Uh, early learning, those kinds of things. Uh, Parks and Outdoor gets a little over 4%. Uh, agencies such as CARTA, United Way, Arts Build, they get about 2.5%. And just economic development and planning with uh, you know artwork, downtown uh, workforce development, city planning, gets right around 1%. How much you want to bet if, if uh, Kim White had won that economic de- development and planning would get a lot more than 1%? of uh, the budget not necessarily saying any whether either one of those are good or bad i'm just saying something tells me that probably would have gone that direction so now here's just my my handwriting stuff and um so it's there's 350 million dollars worth of expenses but there's only 317 million in revenue so clearly we're operating operating at a loss there a 33 million dollar loss well, once I looked at it a little bit closer, because I figured somebody might say something about that, not having a balanced budget, because, uh, I mean, I, I guess people care about that in some respects. We certainly don't seem to in most federal ex- respects. But I noticed when I went to budget expenses, it's called an appropriate capital improvements, parentheses, reserves at $33 million. So there's the $33 million. It's actually sitting in a rainy day fund that covers that gap. So uh, that's pretty strategic, I guess. I don't. I, I've never looked at a, a city budget before, so maybe that's very common. But when I first saw it, I thought thirty-three million shy, huh? Oh well, there it is in the reserve. So this is just where the money's being spent. Uh, debt service funds, twenty million. The library, which I've always been very critical of, past uh, people in charge of the library and how they've spent money. That was a thing. You know, maybe less a little less than ten years ago, or they had the uh, I don't know what their titles were, but there was a lot of travel in the world and a lot of money being spent. I don't know if they've cleaned that up or not. They probably have, I would guess. But seven point three million to the uh, library recycle pickup, one point two million. I wish there was more than that. Well, I, the city of Chattanooga needs to be stronger on um, on public recycling. Uh, I want to see more Asheville when I go around downtown Chattanooga. Uh, I don't feel like there's enough uh, put on that. I'd like to see a little bit more there. Uh, the zoo, seven hundred fifty thousand a year. It's the summit ballparks over there. I thought that was in Collegedale. That is actually on the Chattanooga line. They get you know, six hundred seventy thousand uh, for the year. Police bike patrol, <laughs> just the bike patrol themselves gets five hundred and seventy thousand. And then this was one I wondered. I, I tried to do a little more on it, and this might be one of those ones where if I wanted to go all journalistic. It says GGIS Smart Cities, $5.5 million. It's like, what the hell is that? What is GGIS Smart Cities? And I did a Google on, you know, what are smart cities, a uh, new type of city where stakeholders are jointly responsible for urban management, city information management. Uh, Basically, once I got done reading it, it sounded like it's kind of almost like some kind of franchise model, some kind of club, some kind of 
organization you pay dues into to be able to have uh, access to their resources if you want to be inside of the smart cities uh whatever I, I i don't know i couldn't get far enough with it but it's five and a half million dollars and i just i couldn't quite figure out what that means and where that money um goes and then the breakdown of public safety is the big chunk of it 145 million police getting 85 and a half of it fire getting just shy of 60 and that is uh the the bulk of uh of where the money's going there's a lot of it's 217 programs so those are just the ones that i wrote down um, and then one more here, this page, and then I'll wrap things up here in just a couple of minutes. The operating budget, this is the revenue. Where is the money coming from? How are we going to get the $350 million or $317 million it's going to take? Well, property taxes is $168 million of it. Local sales tax, 63 The mixed drink tax, $6 million. Mixed drink tax. I don't know exactly what that means. Beer tax is five and a half million. And then there's liquor tax, three and a half million. Liquor by the drink licenses, 138,000. Again, I'm just po- I'm just picking out the ones that intrigue me or maybe just, you know, question or just say, huh, that surprises me. Um, <laughs> carousel ridership is $114,000. First of all, if you asked me to guess, I would have thought the carousel, assuming we're talking about in Coolidge Park, was probably free. But I guess not. You have to pay for it. And that brings in 114000 uh, a year. I mean, that's good. That's uh, I'm just surprised. Uh, beer permit fees. Just at 55000 It doesn't cost much of anything to get a beer permit. Uh, city fines that are non-driving, $17,000. Um, parking tickets. 16,000. Now, I wonder if a lot of times when you're putting together budgets and projections, you're, uh, you know, they're, they're just that, the projections, they're hopes, they're not guarantees. Are people actually paying these parking tickets? Because I know that they're giving them out a hell of a lot more. And uh, that's really all I wrote down from the uh, from the revenue. But in the alcohol business, I mean, there is a lot of money. And that also shows you there is a lot of places coming and going with the different beer, the liquor by the drink licenses at 138000 a year and the beer permit fees at 55000 So that's the difference in if you want to sell liquor and beer, one hundred thirty-eight k to fifty-five k. And then the mixed drink tax, the beer tax, the liquor tax, a lot of money being made on booze. And that's what makes me wonder why little cities like East Ridge, what took you 100 years? You know, we finally were about to have our liquor stores. Look at these dollars. You don't look at other cities and see how much money having liquor by the drink and liquor stores and, and beer and beer permits in, in, your, in your cities. You don't see how this brings in a lot of revenue. And this is not 19... 19- 38, where everybody's falling down drunk, beating their wives. Well, I don't know, it's East Ridge, so I guess I'd have to check the police scanner to see for sure. But um, anyway, there you go. That's the money. If you want to see it, you can go look at it line by line. It's actually a, a really uh, uh, easy-to-use website, and uh, I had fun taking a look at it and just, you know, never done it before. So there you go. Wrap things up right there. Uh, a little shy of an hour, I think, if my math is right. Appreciate you guys finding the show. We'll do it again for the final time in June. And then the dog days of summer are just on the way through July and August. I'm taking July off. Uh, Riverfront Nights, actually, real quick. Uh, I'm not sure when it starts. I know it's in August. Maybe it starts in July. 
Shovels and Rope is going to be down there. That's awesome. Uh, Tennessee's Dead, the local band, one of the best dead cover bands I've, I've seen, no joke. They're going to be there headlining one night as well, so I'll certainly be there. But outside of doing anything that costs much money, I mean, that's right now. If it costs money, I ain't doing it. That's where I'm at once this month is over. I will be in Nashville for a couple of minutes this weekend for a monster truck show, of all things, at, uh, at Nissan Stadium. But that's just some family stuff. And uh, that's it. Have a good one. Talk to you on the final day of Hashtag My Other Month, June 30th next week. See you later. Bye. If I had a million dollars 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 I'd be rich